Nerd Novice is entirely supported by our never-ending quest to discover all things nerdy and by listeners like you. Please consider lending your help by making a contribution at patreon.com slash nerdnovice. So, are we ready, We're ready to begin this journey into something that I don't really know, because it's morning. The journey of a single episode begins with a week of trying to record an episode. <laughs> and a couple weeks of not thinking about recording that episode. Right. Um, yeah, I had those internet internet's problems yeah it was really annoying and then you know of course they magically fixed themselves before my appointment exactly i think that they did it without telling me so that i would look like a doofus they well they probably figured out that something was wrong and then they were like oh we need to press this button in our server farm Mm -hmm. to make the internet go in megan land yeah yeah. The people of Meganland were not pleased. Yes. So. So is this the show, Megan? Is this what people tune in for? I think it is. Uh, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you something, Jim. James. Jimmy. James Affin, thank you <laughs> very much. <laughs> okay. Okay, James Affin. Uh, James Affin. <laughs> thin? Thin or Finn? Finn or Finn? Uh, Finn, sure, why not? Finn. Okay, Finn. Finn, James but Finn. Finn. Uh, so, what was I talking about? I <laughs> oh, have no idea. I know. So, I, um, I'm taking this like social media class, right? Oh, mm-hmm. My ring got stuck. And um, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a social media marketing plan for Nerd Novice as my project. And so, I had to do some focus groups, right? Mm-hmm. And I did them. And the first one was one comprised of our already listening fans who also follow us and our totes are fans. And yes. I can name those people for you right now if you want me to. Should I? Please. Okay. It was Dave from Atomic Geekdom, mm-hmm. Matt from Two Broke Geeks, Dan from, he's an engineer and he makes things. Dan from Dan. <laughs> Dan from Dan. <laughs> uh, he's actually from like my middle school years in Charlotte. Um, Lisa, who likes yep. my Gollum voice, and um, James, who is like kind of like a, a little bit of a lurker. James, you don't really comment that much, but he follows us on Facebook and he listens to mm-hmm. the podcast. And mm-hmm. um, he he responds to my. My Facebook, my personal Facebook posts, um, but he never responds to the page. So anyway, um, they all had wonderful things to say about us, James Finn. That's delightful. I, I love that. They said that like um, our banter is like one of the reasons why this show is nice to listen to. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I enjoy our banter so very I. much. So do yes. I. I think it yeah. brings a certain personal. Sparkle. Sparkle. Yes. Indeed. It does. Indeed. Yeah. I'm all about sparkle. I'm all about sparkle. Occasionally jazz hands. Jazz ha- Hey, we could do that now <laughs> that we have video. We can shimmy. <laughs> I'm not really good at shimmying. 
Yeah, me neither. It's kind of awkward. Despite being about a C cup, I'm I'm not a shimmier. <laughs> but uh, yeah, be that as it may, I enjoy bringing my my personal sparkle mm-hmm. to to you, Megan, and in turn to to the to the to the rabid listeners of of Ooh, Nerd rabid. So, nice. So yeah. it's something that I that I deeply enjoy. I enjoy your sparkle as well, Jim. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, hey, I mm-hmm. I got a question for you. Sure. This is totally out of left field, okay. but this this was kind of a thing that's been occurring to me mm-hmm. recently. Okay. Yep. You wear socks, correct? I do. On the feet. See. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Yes. I see you have very fashionable. Multicolored socks. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be real easy to find the mate to that sock. Oh yeah. Okay. Here's here's what I've discovered. Uh, I am a black sock wearer, mm. and this is a good thing At least because I used to wear white socks basically all the time. Good change. Yeah, good change. So I've I've had that going in my life for about ten years. So that's been also new glasses, been a which are very thing. fashionable. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. So the problem is, is when you have all dark socks, you think, hey, that's real easy. You just mate one dark sock to another. Except it doesn't work that way at all, as it turns out. Why not? Because what happens is you do loads of laundry that have identical <gasps> socks Wait. of varying eras. James. Jim. Yes. Hold on. We're not recording, are no. we? No. It's not. We didn't notice. We did the art. We did our recordings, but we didn't do the broadcast. No! <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up. I want to hear your sock story. Um, we could keep that part for the uh, the real recording. Sure. You want to have extra bonus section? <laughs> I think this whole thing is bonus section. Okay. We're just let, letting it rip. Yeah, we are. We didn't notice Let that the it whole still thing said roll. off air at the top. Right. I'm a bad moderator. Okay, anyway. All right. <laughs> hey, welcome again. Welcome. <laughs> we just recorded about, what, five minutes without actually recording. So- <laughs> yeah, give or take. That's all right. That's all right. It's all good. So, Jim, James Affin, which we came to the conclusion of during our five minutes that we didn't yes. record... Um, you wear black socks, which is better because you don't wear white socks. Yes. And you were talking about how you can't find a mate for them. Why is that? That confuses me. Well, let me, let me elaborate okay. here. Here's the, here's the problem I'm running mm-hmm. into is I have a, a batch of socks in rotation that I probably started about uh, six months ago or so. Mm-hmm. And... I've I've more recently added in identical style socks into the mix maybe maybe 3 4 weeks ago. So the problem is the 6 month old socks have been laundered more often. Yeah, there's like And so the color faded. match isn't quite there. Mm. So even though all my socks are the exact same color and style sock they're not really the same color. James Evan. And now I have to like go outside into daylight 
Do you re- and like, you know, get a photo spectrometer <laughs> and determine the the dye properties of one sock to the next so that I can mate them properly. Do you really care that much about your socks matching? I care enough that this is a concern. It, it, it seems to be. Yes. Listen, people aren't going to look at your feet that much. You have shoes on them. That's true. You also this have pants that cover most of the sock. Hmm. You really only see about that theory, much of yes. the sock, maybe, if you sit. That's... If you're sitting. Hmm. See, this is the kind of wisdom and sparkle that you bring to the show. <laughs> Thanks. We did. Yeah. We talked about sparkle. Hey, this could be like an unintended bonus. Hey, you should subscribe to the podcast on iTunes because you get a whole other conversation. Right. Yeah. So, don't just watch the video. Totally. Yeah. There's bonus material on the other, on the audio podcast. For sure. So what's going on with you? What's new? Um, I have socks on that don't have holes in them. Which is very rare because my feet are really large and every sock that I own has a hole in the big toe. In the big toe. They're always my toe is sticking out. All the time. <laughs> do you do you have an especially pointed toe? I have a big toe. <laughs> you have a large a, a large big toe. Yeah, so like the That's... heel of the sock doesn't go on my heel. <laughs> okay. So like so it stretches. I don't know. So I have I have holes in my socks, and I purposefully picked these ones this morning because they didn't have holes in them, and I'm sick and tired of having holes in my socks. Well, that's very classy. I asked for some for Christmas. Yeah. I need new that's socks. That's good. I'm asking for a snow scraper. Oh. A nice scraper for my car. Like a crazy good one? Yeah, because I broke mine last year. I broke mine, too, but then I bought a new one. Yeah. See, I didn't buy a new one. Yeah. Did you have... Because I don't have my priorities in order. No, well, you have black socks, and that's good. Hmm, this is true. This is true. Yeah. So, um, what's new with me? Uh, just school. I have some cool stuff going on that, in that realm of my life. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I saw Interstellar. Holy jeez. Tell tell me about that a little Did bit. I haven't see seen it? it. Give give us a little spoiler free here. James Finn, you need to see it. I know. I'm such a slacker. Listen, I need to see it again in IMAX because I didn't and as far as I know, there's only one near us and that's Crocker Park, right? Mm-hmm. That's like far from me now. So do you know of any other IMAX theater? Isn't there one on uh, on Route 8 down by the Quaker Steak and Lube? If so, that's awesome because that's closer to me. Yeah. What, what, what like, city is that in? Um, I forget what that's called. Oh, my God. I, need I should know. That would be awesome. I should know. I'll look up it's Quaker down at Steak the, and Lube. You know where the 480, the big 480 bridge is, right? Yeah, that's like... This week on Cleveland Geography. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, so close to me. It's down. It's down in there. Oh, yeah. um, like Independence, like um, where is, that melt is that we went to. Remember? Uh, yeah, it's like an exit up from that. Okay. Yeah. Northfield yeah. or something? No, I don't know. Anyway, cool. No, yeah, um, it's 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 there. I'm gonna it's look. Oh that. my god, that's awesome. Are you sure yeah, it's IMAX? Pretty sure they have an IMAX there. Sweet, because I don't want to go all the way to Crocker Park. Yeah. Cleveland talk. Um, so, no, I saw it. Okay, dude. Dude. You know 
And this is going to be only pronounced more when I see it in IMAX. You know those um, like rides at Disney World where you sit in the theater and the theater like moves and they do like air on you and like the alien one. Mm-hmm. Like and you feel like you're there in the in this in the movie. Mm-hmm. They did that for Alien. They did that for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which scared the both of those scared the bejeebus out of me when I was a kid. There's a part in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids thing where there's there like a whole like swarm of mice and they made air puffs go under your feet. <sighs> I felt like they were. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. not good. Um. So anyway, so. Interstellar doesn't have effects like that in the theater, but it basically makes you feel like you're there. Like you feel like you're in space the whole time. It's so awesome. And like, like the, a lot of the shots, the cinematography are just kind of like real, like almost like documentary style. Like they're just really like science specific, you know? Mm -hmm, And there's like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of videos um, and like, I'm sure when it's released, there'll be like bonus material and interviews and stuff because they have some of them on YouTube already. Um, where they talk to, they had like a executive producer, Kip Thorne, who's an astrophysicist, and he mm-hmm. helped them design like the black hole and stuff because like the black hole is a big major um, like plot point to the movie. So, um, right. Uh, so they had him like help with, and they made like equations and all. They designed it to be exact in science Mm -hmm, like so mm -hmm. it it really is what people um have calculated a black hole to look like um and they even said like in the video that um they were they were willing to like kind of spruce it up for hollywood a little bit but they didn't even have to because it was so crazy looking already and so like and the cool thing about it they were like we wanted to spruce it up to make it look more like um understandable to the, the average audience person um, but it already looked so it already looked so clear that like there was really no need to clarify anything hmm. by changing it. So okay. it's like it's really cool. The visual stuff is like so awesome. So way cool. And um the like it's just like so I don't know, like it's one of those movies where that when you leave you feel like your life is different, you know? It was like, I I was kind of equating it like the last time I felt that way. And it wasn't even this much like this movie made me feel that way even more. But the last time I felt that way was when I came out of Return of the King. Because it was. Oh, wow. Because it was just like, oh, my God. Uh, You know, like when I left that Mm -hmm. movie, I was. I I think part of it had to do with the fact that it was like a trilogy and it was so epic. And we were all waiting like a year every time, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. In school, like, me and my friends, like, I went to a little all-girls school, and we all were, like, there was, like, a whole group of us that were, like, obsessed with it. And we put, like, little countdowns on our lockers, and, like, you know, it was, like, <laughs> super epic. And, like, everything was just, like, we were just so nerdy all the time about it. And um, it was just, when I left that movie, I was just, like, like, Ugh, you know, and, like, I cried a lot during Return of the King, but I didn't cry during Interstellar for some reason. Probably just because I was sitting there, like, <laughs> the whole time. Just overwhelmed, yeah. Yeah, I was just like completely like uh it was so good. It was so you have to see it in the theater. You cannot wait. Okay. You have to see it in the theater cuz I feel like part of the reason why it was so amazing was just like the epic scale of it, you know. Right. Right. It's so good. Like I can't imagine watching it on a TV. I mean, yeah. I will. I'll probably I'll probably do that. But 
And I want to see it again. I haven't felt that way about a movie in a long time either. Like, I immediately want to go back and see it right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I I read a couple of weeks ago, like, right before it, it came out, that Christopher Nolan was basically saying, like, yeah, the best way to see this movie is a 70 millimeter print. So the actual film print. Wow. And then the second best way is to see it in IMAX. And then the third best way is to see it in 35 millimeter film. And then the 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 least preferred way, still good, but least preferred way is um is just a standard digital. Oh man. I can't imagine projection. if that's the case, like it's going to be so epic to see it yeah. in IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go. I need to go check it out because it's been a long time bef- since I've really like you know, in fact, I can't even remember what's the last movie I saw in IMAX. I don't even remember uh, what it like Probably Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. Really? Yeah. I, so, we're talking 10 years now. Yeah, it's been I don't 11. even know if I've ever seen anything in IMAX. Except for, yeah. like, at the Great Lakes Science Center, which is totally different. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, um, the thing about it, too, is, like, lately, like, the only movies I've really seen are, like, superhero movies, you know? And, like, those are awesome, and they're really cool to see, and I love seeing them. But mm-hmm. I haven't seen a movie that, like, blew my mind in a long time, you know? Right. It was, like, a really good, like... I just needed that to like clarify that life is really awesome, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's the other thing: you leave it feeling like proud of humanity. Like you leave it being like, you know what, everything is great. Like instead mm-hmm. of a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies where you are like, uh, life sucks. Like the Joker, you know, <laughs> like right, everything is right. dark. And like I don't know. When I left that, I was like. Oh my god, it's incredible! Like mm-hmm. I wish I was a physicist. I wish I, you know, like all these kind of things. Where like right. there's so many interesting things to think about. Like you can't possibly cover it all at once, and it's just like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, you got to see. Yeah, it. I think I think we need more of that in in life. I do too. You know those those movies that kind of uplift. Yeah, and and inspire. And it's weird because it doesn't uplift like in a traditional way at all. Okay. Yeah. You know? Okay. I will definitely. I will make it a point. You sh- in the next uh, week or two. I'll check in. Go check it out. Yeah, I will yeah. check in on you to make sure you're doing that. All right. Fair enough. Cool. So we we are gathered here today, dearly beloved. We're gathered here today to talk about uh, a man and another man and. Their landlord. Or landlordess. Landlady. As it were. Landlady. Yes. <laughs> At a specific address in London. Mm-hmm. And what, what is that address? 221. It can only be one thing. It's, isn't it 221 Baker Street? It's 221 Baker Street. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it. That's one. Yeah. I knew that. Uh, yeah. So today we're talking about Sherlock. Jim. James Finn. I'm going to always call you that. Okay. Um, James Finn, like a dolphin fin. 
Um, so we have gotten more requests to talk about this GD show than any <laughs> other show in the universe. Yep. Like, yeah. I can't... People are coming up to me in real life and being like, what are you going to do, Sherlock? Like, it's it's happening. This is real. <gasps> it's here. Yeah. It's, it's here, happening. people. We've spent 15 minutes talking about socks and movies, right. and now we're doing it. We're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are probably screaming Just at their, <laughs> their iPods or whatever. Going, Just talk about Yeah. I just pictured, like, a classic iPod. I was like, those don't get podcasts. You have yeah. to. I guess they did. You had to upload them. Anyway, yeah. um, it's so so requested. Like we got a lot of X Files requests too. Remember, but we did not yes. as many as Sherlock. Yeah. yeah. So what is it about Sherlock? Let's talk about this first. What is it about Sherlock okay. that makes everyone want to talk about it all the time? Well, I think I think for one thing, Sherlock is is one of these. These classic characters, okay, mm-hmm. uh, much like Shakespeare, and the and you know all of the adaptations that have occurred for Shakespeare over hundreds of years, Sherlock is going to be one of those characters that endures for hundreds of years from now. Mm-hmm. So there's a timelessness to the character, and. I think I think the great thing about Sherlock is just in general as as a character is it's it's someone who is so ridiculously smart and clever that we can't help but be uh hooked in by that like in awe of it kind of right yeah yeah but at the same time, uh, Sherlock the person is is really flawed, right? Kind of, and a uh, we should talk more more about that. But yeah. um, you know, I think it's it's just a, a classic a classic character, and the reason why why this show is so so popular and, and resonates with people so well is it takes. All of the great things about the character and his scenarios and the the surrounding characters and places them into a modern context. Yeah. And that's the that's the like the kicker. The modern context part of it, I think, is also one thing that people really like. Like, yeah. I think we were talking about this on the podcast maybe a few episodes ago. Yeah, probably when we were talking about X-Files or something. I don't know. Um, Where, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is, like, how shows don't, like, utilize technology to move the plot forward. Um, Like, you know, a lot of problems on TV shows could just be solved if you just texted the person or, like, called them on their cell phone to see where they were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like it gets really frustrating when they don't do that and that's one thing i think that's really cool about sherlock it does utilize the technology to like add to the plot or you know like he has the blog you know like he's got like he texts all the time he's always like using his phone to like look you know they look things up or gps or you know whatever and that kind of thing is like i mean that's that 
is realistic. So I think that's cool that they do that. I think people enjoy that it feels like, you know, it's this timeless character that um, could possibly exist now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because they've taken they've taken the parts of him out that are like real uh, like heavy in like historical fiction or whatever, and they've mm-hmm. they've kind of like take, taken those out and put them in this world. Um, and I think that's why people really latch onto it. Yeah, yeah, I w- I would agree with that. And kind of going back to to how they use technology in the show and, and kind of what you were saying, um, you're so right that. That most TV shows these days either use technology in in an extremely absurd way, or what they have to do is they have to constantly explain why something can't be solved with a telephone call or a text message. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. And so what's nice about how, how Sherlock works is they use technology in the show. But not in a ridiculous, like, CSI kind of Enhance way. Enhance it. Right. <laughs> now, they have, they, they have interesting visualizations in the show of how they're using the technology. But in essence, you know, they really are just, like, Googling things or texting. Yeah, there's a little bit of, like, hack, hackery mm-hmm. stuff going on. Like- that maybe is a little bit... Right, but it's whatever Outlandish, the, the average still... the average James of, James of Finn would do in life. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what makes it really cool, and I think um, like because you know you're saying like uh, the, they sometimes like other shows will like make excuses as to why the the texting won't work. Makes me just feel like the people writing these shows are like all a bunch of like old people that don't use technology, and they just are like, it'll never work that way, and they just like write it out of the story. It's like so stupid. <laughs> like, get creative and start writing things that r- involve real life, which is texting and like you know Twitter and stuff. Like, people use that in real life, and like, I mean, I've I've met people online that. I mean, it's like that kind of stuff happens all the time. Like, right. you know, it's it's it needs to be more a part of a show, which I think, yeah, they do right. really well. And like you said, yeah. the visuals are super cool with like the writing on the screen and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. definitely really cool. Totes. Why else do you think people like are totally into this show? They like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think that might be it. I think I think that's a good that's a good part of it. Although this is a whole like chicken and egg thing. thing. This is a chicken and egg thing. Right. Do they like him because of Sherlock or do they like Sherlock because of him? I don't know. Cause he's not like traditionally hot guy. You know, he's totally British looking. Right. Got a big honker. But it is, isn't it the voice though? May, I don't know. Every British guy has a voice like that. Right. <laughs> don't they? <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. He's super attractive, but like, I think he yeah. might be attractive because of the roles that they put him in. I don't know. Right. You yeah. know, like, and now, like, he's like mainstream, so more people really like him. Um yeah. I don't know. It's a chicken and egg thing. I think I might get yeah. a lot of screaming, angry girls knock on my door after this. <laughs> well, I think I think at the very least, it's it's fair to say that. <clears throat> um 
there are plenty of people who are attracted to the show specifically because of him and uh plenty of people as you said who who discovered him through the show but the show was like their primary was their primary driving force yeah and uh i mean he's certainly he's a great actor mm-hmm. you know i think martin freeman as watson mm-hmm. deserves just as much credit. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's fabulous, especially in the first um, episode. Like, if we're gonna get oh, specific, yeah. I think he's really yeah. awesome. How he like yeah. has that psycho limp thing that you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he just—I don't know—he just like really pulls off like the stunned, like, what the heck is this guy doing? I don't know. And he—you could tell that he has like trauma in there, but he doesn't want to talk about it. Like, he's—he's he's definitely a really good. Uh, he's a really good actor, and he can like pull off the background story really well without like right, right. you know the exposition of it. Um, yeah, and the show's kind of told from his perspective. Yeah, because isn't he the one that writes the blog? Am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's like he. It is kind of almost like Watson's tale of Sherlock. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another reason why people really like the show is the um, the actors are really awesome and yeah. like they're especially now like that the show has really taken off and it's really famous and like um, the people in the show are like also acting in major blockbusters and like um, you know that's probably another reason why people really like it and I think that's really cool how it's like um, the BBC style like. Uh, miniseries almost thing where they have like longer episodes and there's only four or five for every season or something, you know? And, um, I think that's cool because they shoot it all like in a condensed period of the year. And then they, then they have time to do other like blockbuster movies and stuff. And, um, people are attracted to the show because they know the faces. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think there's a lot to that. And, Along those same lines, this this really it, the the BBC method or the the British method of of television production really really works in in favor for this for this show because um, if, if you think about American TV up until you know maybe the last five, ten years or so, you pretty much had, uh, in Hollywood, TV actors and movie actors. Mm-hmm. And if you're a movie star, you don't do TV. At least certainly not very often. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's kind of changing here to where you have people like James Spader who are doing doing a show and have had great success mm-hmm. on on the big screen. But for the most part, it's kind of like two separate yeah. things two separate disciplines yeah but but whereas in 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 british film and television production um they don't nearly have that kind of boundary yeah so you do you do film you do tv you do stage it's all just acting and all just performing yeah and and i think what's great about it in this situation is is it lets um, people of of the uh, 
of the fame level that Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman have, it gives them that opportunity to go ahead and make a TV show while still doing all of their their big film work. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing, too, is with Sherlock, you only get three episodes a season. Yes, three. Yeah, I was saying four, yeah. but that's not even right. Yeah. And they're basically... They're basically 90-minute movies. Yeah, they're three movies, yeah. I almost... Yes, it's a TV show, but in a lot of ways, it's almost more movie than it is... Like, if you... If if this wasn't released on, on the BBC or, for us, PBS, and it was just like, uh, you know, once a year or twice a year, you'd go to the movie theater to see Sherlock... You probably wouldn't think anything of it. You just think, oh, we're going to go see the new Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock movie. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're really uh, produced with with a high level of, of care and, and production value. I think that that is something that we should think about here in America. Because of all the reasons that you said about like actors being able to cross discipline kind of stuff and like i remember i remember i don't know maybe it was like 10 years ago or something like i remember reading um something that was kind of mentioning how like it is starting to happen where like movie stars are now doing tv shows and like it was like this is a big deal like this has never really happened before and like now you could see like your fam- favorite movie star like Gillian Anderson would do like TV and then do other things you know and like that kind of deal and, and it hasn't even right. really been that long that that's been the case um but i think that we should i mean so there's that reason why we should think about it but there's also the reason that like american tv is becoming this like <clears throat> like uh, like collab like a compilation of like just filler episodes of just dumb nothingness that like it really frustrates me and i can't even watch things in real time anymore like i have i have to watch things on netflix or on hulu or wherever like i cannot stand watching tv on tv because like for even like castle like castle is such a good show but like I hate that whole, like, one week. You're waiting a week, you see an episode, and, like, you feel like nothing even happened. Like, I know that um, Once Upon a Time, I watched the season opening of Once Upon a Time, you know, back in September, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this show. I'm going to wait till it comes on Netflix. Because it was like, 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 I couldn't even believe it was over when it was over. Because I was like, what even happened just now? Like, nothing even happened. Like, they, like, Elsa or whoever from Stupid Frozen, which I still haven't even seen, uh, they were like there, and then they had they like chased them, and then that was it. Like it was like what, like what? Right, right. It's uh, it. They just there's so many like fillers, and with all the commercials, the episode ends up being like 20 minutes long, <laughs> and it's like like you know 23 episodes of 20 minute episode that like don't say anything until five episodes in you finally get something and then like another five up you know and it's just like stretched out and there's so much filler and like it would just be so much more entertaining if we could have formats more like like the bbc is doing and the other thing that would be really cool is that we could have more we could have more shows and the actors could be doing more things on the side 
Mm-hmm. I just I feel mm-hmm. like that's so much smarter. Yeah. No, you you totally you totally nailed it because nailed it. American TV is is written it it has it's written with very specific act breaks within it because mm-hmm. you got to cut to commercial mm-hmm. like yeah. every you, you get know, you know that it's coming minutes. yeah like Sherlock and doesn't have that does it there's no, no like blackouts no, no there's nothing yeah I mean there's still you know I can't writing remember. in acts into a a a script you know or play or 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 whatever that's that's something that that people do yeah. Because that helps serve story. Right. Totally. And that's how we're used to, uh, you know, in conventional storytelling, over the course of of hundreds and hundreds of years of of literature, things have been written into multiple acts. I mean, it goes all the way back to to how plays are are constructed. Greek plays were the same way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thousands of years, really. Um, So... That's not quite so much the problem as you, you have you have that that concept, but then it, it gets it, it the issue is how it's getting interrupted. And it's getting interrupted by those commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in a in a sixty minute show, you're really only getting about forty two minutes mm-hmm. of of actual content. And <clears throat> some T V shows do a really good job of delivering something really satisfying within that framework. But then other shows don't really give you that good, meaty experience within that single episode. And it doesn't really pay off until you've seen maybe three, four, five episodes in a row. Yeah. That's what that's that's hitting the nail on the head right there. That's what pisses me off is that there's nothing that is satisfying unless you commit to watching that show every single week. Like every Tuesday night at this time has to be free or else you're not going to get anything out of this show. Mm-hmm. Like that is so stupid. It should be something where I feel like watching TV that night and I turn it on and I'm entertained. Like right. Like I shouldn't have to know I shouldn't have to commit to a whole season to get anything out of a show. Right, right. Or or the flip side of that is it has to be so engrossing that you're like, I cannot wait until next Sunday night so I can see uh, Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. popular TV show du jour that kind of inspires that uh, that allegiance mm-hmm. to it. Um, and so how this, how this ties back to Sherlock is, is again, it really, the show really benefits from that three season, three episode per season format. And do I wish there was more Sherlock? Totally. I absolutely wish there was more Sherlock, but it also makes me grateful and appreciative of the amount of it that we do have. And it kind of helps me make it helps make me look forward to when we get more. Well, that's why. I mean, they always say that like you should always make your audience want more. Like there should always you should never be fully done. Like you should always want more. Well, <clears throat> that's part of the reason why people deal with only seeing three episodes a year and then having to wait a whole other year. You know, 
but it's right. worth it because the show the the episodes are so full of material that you can rewatch them. You don't you know you don't. It's not like watching it once is enough. Like you can rewatch them and you can also right. talk about them. Like that's the thing. Like you're you're mentioning like like uh, Breaking Bad. I almost said Walking Bad and. Uh, <laughs> Walking Bad. That, that's and, when I like go outside and, and trip uh, on the sidewalk. Breaking Dead. <laughs> you know those shows. <laughs> like people, people talk about those. Those. I mean, I, I've never seen them because they're intense and I don't like that. Well, I mean, I sometimes do. I'm watching Supernatural, which, by the way, is really awesome. We should cover that. Um, yeah. But those shows are like meaty. Those are pretty meaty, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. And like people talk about them. People have like, you know, like water cooler discussions about those shows for sure um and that's good that's a good thing but i mean aren't they is breaking bad's over and aren't they doing like a spin-off and like so it's just kind of like there's always like more of it coming and more of it coming with sherlock it feels more timeless because you're not overdoing it it's like let me relate this to fashion if you're wearing like a huge necklace and huge earrings and huge bracelets, like you're overdoing it. Like there's too much of a good thing, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like the same with like Breaking Bad lasted like really long. And I think a lot of people were saying that towards the end it was like, what the heck? Like starting to get pretty crazy. And I think that's the thing. Like they just keep adding more and more. And then there's a spinoff and then there's this and that. And it's like, with Sherlock, I feel like it's just timeless. Like in twenty years, people are going to watch it and and be just as entertained, and it's going to be like timeless entertainment that is satisfying, and that'll be it. Like it, it'll last right. longer, I think. Right. Yeah. Because they're not overdoing it. Right. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I think that's a huge thing. And if like we talked about Star Trek a lot when we first started this podcast, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the major criticisms of of Star Trek is is despite the love that so many people have for it, they just kind of kept doing it yeah. and doing it and doing it, and then you'd come out with a new series, and you know it was it, like Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. A lot of people said was like, well, this is just next gen warmed over. Mm-hmm. It just and, makes it intimidating for people like me who would love to watch it, but there's right. so. much and it's like i'll never my life would be devoted to it like i'll Mm -hmm. never have time right yeah right and that that's a problem i i mean i think it's like there's something on my screen that is right in my eyeball and i need to get it off or else it looks like i have something on my eye you you take care of that okay i got it okay um so (laughs) no but like star wars i mean there's a lot of like extra stuff like there's the cartoons and the uh, you know whatever other stuff but It does. It's not. I mean, it's part of the franchise, but it's not like Star Wars, you know. So like, people still talk right. about Star Wars. There's only been a handful of movies, and you know, yeah, that's a good, another good example of like, let's not make 85 movies. Let's just keep our cool a little bit and let people enjoy what's already out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I I agree with with all of that a hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So um, I've been kind of like posing some questions on um, on our Facebook and our Twitter about Sherlock, um, and I'm asking like what people who is your favorite character and stuff like that. Almost everybody says Sherlock. Like everyone's favorite character is Sherlock. Um, 
I got one that said Moriarty, who's like totally cray cray. And um, that's like pretty much everyone thinks Sherlock is the best character on the show. Um, what would you say to that? Here's here's the thing with that. With when I when I watch Sherlock, and I give really slow yeah, I was like, answers to questions. Yeah, what's uh, the thing? <laughs> you know when when I when I watch the show, I think I think about Watson like almost as much as I do Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's this, here's this guy who, who has his own, you know, demons from having been in the military and gotten injured and he's trying to work through that. And, um, he just gets thrust into this situation with this guy who's basically crazy I mean, yeah, because like by definition, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sher- Sherlock is is basically he's like insane. I mean, as as the as the joke, you know, as the ongoing joke in the show goes, um, you know, he'll say, "I'm not a psychopath. I'm a high functioning sociopath." Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Um, he's like a savant, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing with Watson is, like, he's totally up for this adventure. Yeah. There's a scene there's a scene in in the first episode mm-hmm. where uh they're they're just starting to get to know each other and uh you know uh, Sherlock wants to wants to rush off and go investigate something. And uh Watson is like right there with him. Mm-hmm. He like you know jumps up too basically and is like yeah let's go mm-hmm. let's go do this and then there's that pivotal moment uh in in the episode where they're they're at the restaurant mm-hmm. and he leaves his cane behind mm-hmm. because they run, they're rushing yeah. out to 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 chase down the the taxi mm-hmm. i'm sorry the lorry yeah uh, <laughs> you must say it in a British way. Um, right. No, yeah, there was something, yeah, there was something that Sherlock said to him, like, um, you know, like, there's going to be, a, like, there's going to be blood and adventure and all these crazy things. Are you in? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he, he, like, really needs that back. He can't, his life is so boring now that he's not, you know, in combat. And, um, yeah, he that's that's definitely I thought that um I have never read Sherlock. I don't know why we never did in school. I never we never read any. Um is Watson a veteran in the original books? You know, I have no idea. I wonder if he is because if not, that was a really good idea for them to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great it's a great idea. It makes if it, it, if it makes sense that he's doing this. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of of Watson. Um, I th- I think in the first episode, they they kind of downplay like Sherlock's drug addiction. Yeah, it gets men it gets mentioned, but 
Wait, but he's... drug or smoking? I forget. I know drugs. he, he smoked. Yeah, does he, what kind of drugs does he do? I think he does heroin or... Really? Yeah, he does something. Yeah. Oh, wow. See? I forgot that. Yeah. Um, and they kind of explore that in, in subsequent episodes a little bit more where where he's kind of losing his functionality in life even more so because of uh because of drugs. Yeah. But uh you know, but even even in the original Sherlock books he was a he was a drug user. So that wasn't that wasn't anything new. Huh. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, it's like it kind of makes sense cuz yeah. a lot of really really genius smart people did drugs. Yeah. Well, and it's that it, it what it's speaking to is that uh the coping coping mechanism. Yeah. Because like the guy is he is so smart and he's wired up in this unique way that really leads him to 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 needing this outlet um to try and deal with that mm-hmm. you know that's there, a very so, that's a very difficult thing and that yeah. that goes back to what you were just saying with uh you know the creative mind with so many so many musicians mm-hmm. or, or actors or artists writers or, um, yeah you know they just they're so overly the way- saturated with input all the time that like and not just input but like mind work all the time that like everything's always turning and and becoming like a creative project and it's like so much stuff all the time that a lot of them turn to drugs right 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 and sherlock is 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 very much that that same way mm-hmm. now there are so many great characters besides those two yeah mrs hudson sherlock. Want for one, I love her so much. <laughs> She's so snarky, yeah. and like I love how she just like implies that they're like gay together all the time, and like she'll right. like or like she'll like she'll be like Sherlock, yeah. what did you do? Like when there's people here, you know, and it's just like she's so freaking awesome. I love her so yeah. much, and she'll like yeah. she like just kind of lets some of it like go over her head and like not she doesn't worry and then some of the stuff she's like oh my god you know it's like right. she's yeah. so great i love her yeah she's she's so funny because she had this really uh she'll come out with like these really outlandish subversive comments sometimes because like her what is her her husband was like a big time mobster or drug dealer or something and yeah. uh yeah she'll she'll allude to like all this crazy stuff that uh like she's been around the block be and, yeah know. yeah totally but yet she's also like would you like some tea yeah. and crumpets <laughs> i love it so much and let me tell you about the time i had an orgy in florida yeah. with 17 people <laughs> i'm like isn't there one time in like an episode where she opens the refrigerator and there's like some human body part in a jar or something and she's just like yeah. ah, whatever like you know <laughs> like she just kind of like just like sees this stuff and just kind of lets it go but then she also gets like overly worked up over like some random things and it's just it's so funny i love it yeah yeah yeah. yeah, she's she's terrific. I love how she like won't let it go that they're gay. Like she like won't give up the <laughs> right. idea that she yeah. has. 
Yeah. It's so I funny. think she wants she wants them to be I, gay. Yeah, I think she does. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For oh sure. man. And uh I love Mycroft. Yeah. Because in in the first episode, like if you don't if you don't know Sherlock lore. Right. Like you think is this guy a is he a, a is bad he guy? A bad guy? Yeah. Is he like the villain? Um I think the very first time I saw a study in pink, um, I was almost thinking like, wait, is that Moriarty? Yeah. Yeah, because they don't say his name right away. They don't. Yeah. No, no, no. And like it, they purposefully make it seem like he might be the bad guy. Um, right, right. Because Watson that, thinks he's the, the bad guy. So, yeah. And it's kind of, like we said, it's kind of from his perspective. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's cool. And then uh, let's talk about Moriarty for a little bit. He's not in the first episode, but, um, and he's not even in the first season, is he? I don't know. Anyway. No, yeah, I, don't I think, think he so. comes maybe in later. In, maybe in the third episode. I forget. Yeah, maybe. I think he's second season. So, oh my God. Total crazy. That actor is nuts. Yeah. Crazy. Like that's one of those roles that you feel like damaged him, like, like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's just like, um, I don't know. He just like seems like totally psycho. Like if I ever saw that guy in real life, I'd probably be like, ah, I'd like run away. <laughs> right. No, it's more yeah. like he's so yeah. much in that role that it's just terrifying. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I mean we can kind of like save the Moriarty talk for another day but um but we should just mention that like yeah he's totally crazy because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. speaking of characters that we like um uh i also really like how sherlock is with the police mm-hmm. like how he like um like he'll like use them to his advantage and then just be like not telling them like when he does like in the study in pink where he goes and finds a suitcase and he doesn't tell them and he like has it in his apartment and everything. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, he's just like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like he, he like shoves it away, you know, like, <laughs> like despite the fact that it's like majorly illegal and like, he just kind of like tells them what to do. Like, and they do listen, mm-hmm. you know, um, what's the, yeah, the, the one cop guy in, in study in pink. Um, he's in a few other episodes too. Um, like I just, yeah, the main, the main detective, I don't, I don't remember yeah, his I don't name offhand either. But, yeah, but he, yeah. like, you know, begrudgingly calls Sherlock for help in the weird cases and stuff. And then I like, what I really like is how they don't do, like, um, the same format for how Sherlock finds the case every time. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, the cops called me again. Like, here's my other case that I'm doing. Like, he has people hire him through the blog and then he'll also like there's i think there's a handful or maybe like one or two where he find he happens upon a case right. um or like he handpicks one because he thinks it's really interesting i think that's cool how they don't just do the same format every time Mm-hmm. yeah like in the first episode it's just the cops called him for help right um, right but i mean you have to start somewhere yeah but but yeah, I think it's cool how like eventually he it's like a business and um like they do those scenes where like he'll be interviewing possible cases and just be like right. no, no, no. It yeah. was this, it was that, it was this. Like he solves mm-hmm. it in like a second and then you just like leave. You know, like he's he's <laughs> waiting for the good ones kind of. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's very selective about what crazy stuff he gets involved with. Yeah. And that's that's because it has to challenge him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause he's because a, he's, he's in it for himself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely the thing about uh about Sherlock is is he's not uh you know, a superhero mm-hmm. saves people for the greater good. A, a police officer, a detective, uh, investigates and solves crimes for the greater good. Sherlock does it because he gets off on yeah. it. He doesn't give a crap about everybody else at all. Right, right. Um, but at the same time, what you see is, is over over the course of the show... And I know we're trying to talk about, you know, specifically this episode, but over time you see that he does care about Watson. And then, you know, he cares about Mrs. Hudson. Yeah. He cares about uh, Watson's, spoiler alert, uh, (laughs) you know, so. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absent, you know, outside of a very small, very specific circle of people like he doesn't give a crap about society but even the way he cares about them is pretty selfish like i mean we can't talk about it now but in that one episode where that thing happens and watson doesn't know why that you mm-hmm. know like the big thing the thing that happens yeah. with the thing and yeah. the stuff yeah right like yeah, he exactly. totally doesn't you know help him right deal yeah. with that yeah. but um <laughs> That was like the most secret. I, I, I imagine like little black bars over our mouth while we're talking. Right. <laughs> um, the stuff and the thing. Yeah. So, okay. So we're kind of like getting close to an hour here, but um, yeah. I, I do want to say one thing about this specific episode. Um, I do think that this episode, it is really good. It opens up to be a really good show right away, but the plot of this episode is weak compared to future plots of future episodes. Like, Yes. It's kind of like a little bit of a cliche plot. A little bit. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. show itself right away, but later it's like, yeah, it's a little bit of a cliche. Like, this guy is, like, making people do these, like, pseudo-suicidal things. Um, and, you know, he um, does it because he's dying, you know, like... We, we can spoil this one because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. he does it because he's dying. So he doesn't care whether he, he it's like, take the pill, this pill or that pill. And one of them is going to kill you and I'll take the other one. And he, it doesn't matter to him because he's dying anyway. And, um, you know, so that's kind of like the, t- and it's the taxi driver like or sorry, the, the lorry driver. That's definitely done. That's been done. Like, Oh, it's the guy that everyone sees and no one thinks about, you know? Right. Um, that was even in an episode of Bletchley Circle where, like, one of the killers was, like, a train conductor. So, like, it's like, you know, people see him all the time and no one thinks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of done. So this episode is good. Um, it's a little cliche, but then there's parts of it that are like, whoa, like, at the end when you find out that the taxi driver is getting paid to do this by Moriarty. He says it at mm-hmm. the end. So he is mentioned, right. but he's not seen until later. Um, yeah, he is. He's a sp- he has a sponsor, which is that's pretty cool. That's like yeah. a new thing, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this episode's really good. Um, but I think I can't. I mean, how many podcasts are we gonna do on this show? Did we talk about it? Two. We didn't talk about it. No. 
Um, I, I want to do more because I don't. I like Sherlock too much to like, I know. put it away for right now. I think the people want the people want more Sherlock. So the people demand. Yeah. In the future, we'll talk more about like other episodes that I think they get better um, as far as like uniqueness in the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be exciting. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, right on. So let's let's do that for for next time. We'll watch watch a little bit more Sherlock. Yeah. Um, um, why don't we just go ahead and talk about uh, season two of Sherlock next week? Okay. So I think I think most of our most of our viewers and listeners have seen the show already. They've seen it all. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. If if you haven't, then then you can go ahead and, and check that out. We'll talk about season two next week, mm-hmm. and uh, that way we can really dig into to Moriarty. Yeah. Um, Irene Adler. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. Good deal. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for listening. Make sure you follow us at uh, Nerd Novice on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Check out our Facebook page. Yep, Nerd uh, Novice. Megan does an awesome job of uh, trying to work on keeping it more. the keeping the conversation going there. Yeah. Hey, I'll be doing that. So yeah, check Facebook to see how you can like respond to some of this stuff. Oh, Toonie is stretching on her bed. She's so cute. Aww. Um. <laughs> so um. Yeah, and then also, um, I know, like, on our audio podcast, you already heard this, but on the video, check out patreon.com slash nerdnovice. Just go see what it is. Just go look at it. I won't tell you anything. Just look. Patreon.com slash nerdnovice. And, um, yeah. So, James Affin, it's been nice. Megatron, (laughs) always a slice. (laughs) Yes! Rhyming! All the time. Um... so cool well i can't wait to talk about more sherlock yeah for sure so we'll see everybody see everybody next time bye bye